Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I'm Jenny Midgley. I'm Sarah Madras. And this is the show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Speaking of uh, speaking up, uh, have we fixed the text on the trailer yet so that we can actually publish it? Okay. You can also stand up. It's courage. <laughs> it's it is courageous. standing up. It is. We could stand up and tell a better Everybody story. Everybody knows it's proper etiquette to stand before you tell a story. <laughs> it's the formal version of storytelling. I love yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Producer Joe. Yeah, so eventually you'll be able to see the trailer that we recorded for this, like the time we tried to record a trailer and... It was and like everything else we do and turn into a funny shit show. Yeah, and eventually we'll get around introducing our guests. I just had to ask if the trailer was ready for publishing. Maybe by the time you listen to this episode, you will have seen the trailer. I don't know. Comment on our socials if you've seen the trailer by this point or if you're still waiting for it to air. But on today's show, we have Janie Dickens, who is the owner of Healing Green Farms in Willow Springs, North Carolina, which is a seed-to-bottle CBD company, all grown and produced and all the things locally. And she actually, she has a really cool story of how she ended up being a farm her. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, mm-hmm. see what you did there. See what I did there? This is the, we're recording this when uh, the first time <laughs> in the studio after a month when Sarah's been away on vacation and we haven't spent any time together. And we had no debriefing time because she got here and we had to like rush in the studio. <laughs> and I feel like I need to be like, I was traveling. I was not necessarily vacationing. <laughs> All right. Facts. She took her dad and her stepmom to Italy for a heritage trip. Oh. It was a trip. It was a, it was a work a, trip. It was, yes. It On was all traveling. levels. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten reimbursed in, in kind for. My the dad trip. did say when he gave me a hug at the airport to tell me goodbye, he said that I'm definitely going to heaven now. He was like, you're definitely going like after. Oh, like, that's all it took. And we made the joke in Italy because like they make statues of sainthood. Like they you did bake something. statues? No, make. make. Oh. <laughs> and I, I made the joke. I was like, so I guess I'm getting my statue now. Saint Sarah. <laughs> Saint Sarah. Now we know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> A certificate from the Vatican. It says you've been... <laughs> Anointed. That was your miracle. Oh my god! Right, it takes two <laughs> miracles. Where's the other one? The other? <laughs> oh, I know what the other one is. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! All right, uh, before we devolve any further, welcome, Janie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Janie. Tell us about Healing Green Farms and how it came into existence, and how you made the transition from education to farming. Yeah, so 2018, the Farm Bill passed for the country, allowing everybody to grow hemp, where we really hadn't been able to before. And I was working, doing my thing, doing my advocacy for special needs kids and training for uh, trauma-informed teaching and learning, which, you know, is not a very humorous subject for a podcast. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine came to me and said, hey, don't you have some farm land somewhere, family stuff that you're not doing anything with? And I said, yeah, 15 minutes from here. Let's go look at it because you could be growing stuff out there. And I said, I'm not a farm girl. I didn't grow up on a farm. And my family did. And this land's been in my family for almost 100 years. And you would think that I would just genetically be predisposed for farming, but that is not how it works. And so we 
toured the property and had a few folks come out and they were like, yeah, hemp, you need to grow hemp out here. And so I, being the teacher that I am still, I, I still identify that way. I just did a lot of learning and a lot of, of research. And what I decided is that, yeah, this would be a cool thing to do, but I really don't want to put hemp in the ground. And so we just rebuilt a greenhouse that was in skeleton form on the property. And we decided to put some hemp in a greenhouse and see what would happen. It was a whole lot harder than I expected. Everyone's oh, dude, you can grow cannabis anywhere. <laughs> we just had that conversation with Farm Joe yesterday. About, yeah. hey, you can grow cannabis anywhere. And truly, it does grow everywhere on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you don't care what the chemical makeup is or how many heavy metals are in it or uh, pesticide residue or mm -hmm. THC. As long as you don't care about any of those things, you can you throw. You can have plants with yes. UV lights in your attic. Exactly. See However, what happens. If the state is going to come in or, God forbid, the federal government and test all of your plants to make sure you're in compliance, then... It's a little bit more difficult, especially if you're growing organically, which is what we did. So we, we did that. We came up with some plants. We processed them locally. We have a local processor who takes care of that for us. And we made our first batch of CBD crude and then began making products from that. So it was a whirlwind. It's only been three years. And I have a few pictures of that greenhouse skeleton on the wall in my office just to remind myself of how far we've come in that period of time. So like, why didn't you want to plant it in the ground? Like, why did you choose to do the greenhouse? Yeah, so hemp is a is an interesting plant. It's actually really a fascinating plant the more you get into it, and I won't bore us with all the science, but the bottom line is that hemp absorbs everything from the environment. In fact, they use it in areas where we've had natural disasters, nuclear disasters, environmental pollution. So it soaks up all of these toxins and just things that aren't really great for the planet. It, it acts like a sponge, absorbs all that stuff, and allows us to clean the soil and the water and the air, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But I know what's been sprayed on my land for the past hundred years, and it's not good. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I didn't want to plant hemp in the ground and then end up with a finished product that was full of all those pesticides and toxins that I know exist in my soil. So there was no way I was going to create a clean product. And that was really my number one priority. I do have, I have some technical questions. So like the North Carolina and, and these Southern states were like the tobacco places. That's how the, especially in the, the colonization, it was tobacco and turpentine and, and all that stuff. So what it, are the tobacco fields being replaced by hemp fields or are they being replaced by other things or what's, what's happening? Yeah, so the state of North Carolina offered up a pilot program once the farm bill passed, which was a federal law. And so that applied to every state. So then every state had to come up with, okay, now that it's legal, what are we going to do? How are we going to facilitate this? How are we going to make money off of it? And the pilot program was born and... Um, that really was designed to incentivize tobacco farmers to consider a transition to hemp. And a lot of tobacco farmers did with difficult results. And to be quite honest, the state, from an infrastructure standpoint, really wasn't that prepared for all these truckloads of hemp that now needed to be processed. If the law says that at any given point, what you're dealing with has to be less than 0.3% of THC, which is the chemical that makes marijuana. And I've got a chopped off school bus full of hemp, then 
I'm definitely riding dirty. So the state really didn't have a plan for that. And so a lot of my farmer colleagues consequently didn't know how to move their biomass, all of this plant Mm -hmm. matter that they had had grown. And so unfortunately in North Carolina, it it hasn't turned out um, to be that successful for a lot of tobacco farmers. And it's really unfortunate because it's farmers don't make a living as it is. Mm -hmm. And so now to have Mm -hmm. taken that risk and then you're sitting on barns full, tons literally of plant matter that you don't know how to legally transport, that's a problem. Mm. And we really don't have an answer for that yet, which is another reason why I thought, oh, I'll grow a hundred little plants in my greenhouse and then I'll throw a few bags of plant matter in my minivan Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I don't have to worry about that so much. And it worked out for me, but uh, an awful lot of farmers in North Carolina really have struggled. Yeah, because I think I read somewhere that then rather than grow, they're converting them to solar energy farms. Like instead of actually planting anything, they're yeah. just converting the old farms into places to put solar panels to. And, and renting fields for cell towers yeah. and yeah, yeah. embracing the technology side of it versus growing food or any type of organic product. Mm-hmm. And we can't, we can't do that all the time. We do need no. some food. <laughs> no. Some and food. The, the thing is, like, when farming became industrial, there was no, hey, let's think about the long game in this. Right. Like, the soil, what it does to the soil and how and the pesticides, all those things. And we can get into the whole, like, Monsanto and all of that um, craziness but and the GMOs and all that. But at, at its core, we need plants to grow. Right. We need food plants to Correct. grow. We need medicinal plants to grow. Our bodies and our, our ecosystems need them. And so I think it's interesting that the answer for how to handle the fact that a crop that is being grown that ends up killing people is instead of, hey, what can we grow instead that will support and maybe get people, get people real food or some kind of medicine or some kind of like income and make it easier for people to really grow the agricultural thing is still being held down by all of these big industrial lobbies that, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the industrial lobbies is part of it. And then there's also the, just the social perception around uh, yeah. cannabis in general. Politicians are responding to the climate of their constituents mm-hmm. and what's happening in the world and what's happening in, in their pocketbooks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yep. And there has to be a financial incentive, but there also has to be some political security if, if someone in the government is going to step out there and say, hey, Guess what? I know that as a government, we have been suggesting that cannabis is all bad, all day, all the time, and it's a slippery slope. And by the way, we don't want to really admit that was maybe it's all bullshit. Maybe that was an overstatement. Like um, reefer madness is not accurate, y'all. If you all had to watch reefer madness, I had to <laughs> for in in a substance abuse class that I took in college. They made us watch reefer madness. Terrible. Well, I'm. <laughs> I'm just old enough to have been scared straight by Nancy Reagan. So, well, and she did it too. I was scared. And that's the, like the whole war on drugs that it's not, it doesn't need to be a slippery slope. And the things that they're doing now, like the microdosing with MDMA to treat PTSD and the, and mush and psilocybin from the mushrooms and, and the, the things that like, if you stop creating the barrier of, uh, and making it black and white, then you can start to change the language around how we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying marijuana, you say cannabis. Instead of saying... It's safely. Yeah. I think what happens is people then are trying to do it on their own, and then it's not safe. It's They don't know how to properly microdose. They don't... It's not yet. Yeah. 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 Because the, and because of the... What's the... Stereotypes. 
Mm-hmm. That was a really, that was a reach for that word, y'all. The stereotypes around like the kind of people who, who like that recreationally versus the, the way that it can help you. And Janie and I had conversations because I was like, because I've had this conversation with everybody who, who says like CBD is amazing and you need to try it. I'm like, it fucking doesn't work for me. CBD does not work for me. I don't know why all of you keep telling me that CBD is going to be like the best thing since sliced bread. I I'm done. I've given up and she's just try this. And I did. And like the only CBD that has ever done the thing, because mine is all all about sleep. Like I just need to sleep. And I was using a different variation to sleep and it would work sometimes and it would work not, it would not work sometimes. And then she's just try this and just, if it works great, if it doesn't like you're getting the benefits of CBD and we can figure it out. And I was like, all right, Best thing to help me sleep. Best absolute thing. I've never had anything as effective. And we're talking like heavy prescription sleepers. I have never had anything as that effective that I don't wake up feeling groggy and hungover and gross the next day. Well, and I think that's the other thing that if, that like it pains me. It, and this is all kinds of medication. Yeah, well, yeah. Is people will be like, well, I tried that. I tried that. It didn't work. It didn't work. And they give up and just, you're like, oh, I tried CBD. I tried CBD, but different, different farmers make different, it's yeah. all different. So it's like when people are like, oh, I've tried antidepressants. Well, it, there's a gajillion different types, right. different mm-hmm. strengths, different. Da, da, da. And so instead of giving up and continuing to just be like, this is just who I am and I'm just going to have to go without sleep or my sleep's going to suck or I'm always going to be tired. It's, Instead of giving up and being like, we've tried CBD, it's, well, there's all different types Mm -hmm. and maybe you just haven't found the one that works for you yet. And the other scary thing, truly, and all of that is true, and and there are different strains of CBD-rich hemp, just like there are different strains of marijuana. The other thing that's true is that there's no regulation in this industry. So when you pick up a bottle of CBD at the gas station, and I know you've done it, don't lie. Don't do that. Don't no. do that. That's scary. I, mean, I, can, I can honestly say I never picked up CBD from the gas station, but never. Marshalls um, or Ross. Right, no. Like, yes. Yeah. Stop it. Don't do that. The grocery store. Yeah. yeah. So but the grocery. Yeah. The grocery store. I think it's like, where do you trust the products that like, where would you purchase a product that you trust? Like from what brand and like, and totally people say, and the products that are the companies that are putting CBD, the pure romance stuff has their CBD lubricant and their CBD bath salts and their CBD massage yeah. cream. And, and uh, the pure romance does not have a hemp farm somewhere. Correct. They are sourcing that CBD from somewhere. Right. So my question is from where? And it, it doesn't mean that if it doesn't come from me, it's not good. It just means there are places where it isn't good. So there is a lot of CBD coming to our country from China. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of products coming from China. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Chinese products are bad. What I am saying is the Chinese people have been wearing masks a lot longer than COVID has been a problem. Correct. Because their environment is trashed. Mm-hmm. So I just explained that hemp is a phytoremediator. That means it's soaking up all this stuff from the environment. If you are growing hemp in China, I can promise you there is stuff in that that you don't want. Right. Because especially not sublingually, directly yes, into your bloodstream. Yes. Directly concentrated and then directly into your bloodstream. Because we've yeah. already established that hemp is a plant that pulls all the things from all the places. All the things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my question is where are where are companies pulling these things from? How can we even be sure that those plants have been grown safely? The tests 
that people lean on. Well, I check to make sure that there's lab reports on this. Mm-hmm. Right. What lab? Where? Mm-hmm. Is it owned by the because there was Is it a, owned by the company uh, or right. a third party? That's yes. right. Yeah. Right. Because Joe just, we were just having that conversation. Was it you that were telling me the, like the James Cameron? Interesting. We were, we were talking about people that have obvious conflicts of interest that people just yes. seem to miss. So James Cameron owns the largest pea plant protein production farm in the U.S., and he made a documentary about how all these people perform really well on a vegan diet and how it's better than um, eating meat and things like that. And it's nobody sees the yes. conflict of interest <laughs> yes. there. Well, and especially for us as social workers, we have very rigid, like, ethical codes yeah. of conduct. And that's like a dual relationship of, hello, you can't be like, right. I am going to benefit from this. I just don't. Yucky, it's not yucky, a double yucky. blind trust. Like, it's right. not what Jimmy Carter did with his peanut factory. Or peanut, peanut growing business. Like, it's not. Don't know what Jimmy Carter did like, with his old peanut business. Right. <laughs> the blank faces. Blank face. We have right. no idea Holy what you're no right. That needs to be edited out. But let's do a bit of presidential history. When Jimmy Carter was elected as president, <laughs> he had a peanut farm and he had to put it in his brother's name and a oh, double right, blind right. trust yeah. so that when he became president, there wasn't a conflict of interest right. of ethical that was like. All of the, anyway, okay, we can edit that part out. Okay. I liked it. It was like a little bit of history. Yep, yep. <laughs> Learned something new on the show today. Just saying. She's tapping her finger, and it's secretly her middle finger. It is not. It was my index <laughs> finger. I'm thinking what to say next. Like, Scott, I really hope that you're not listening to this episode and being disappointed in, in Joe and Sarah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm married to a fucking historian, y'all. Of course I know this. I was like, I don't think Scott can ever be more (laughs) disappointed in me than he already is. (laughs) 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 So then. Anyway, now that I derailed that conversation. So let's move on. I'm like, I I, I have a need, damn it. All right. Ethical uh, considerations. No, I actually have a a personal need. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Okay. So Jenny was like. Don't worry, she's coming in to talk on the show. You can ask her then and she'll... So Jenny's was for sleep, right? Mm. I'm like, no, I need something for me that's not sleep. It's actually, I constantly feel exhausted and tired all the time. Even I do get good sleep, Mm -hmm. eight to nine hours. And she was like, oh, you need the something. Sativa. Yeah. She's, you need that because... I would love, so essentially I was on a weight loss medication called Ventramine, which is a uh, um, upper stimulant. Mm-hmm. Yes, upper. And I was like, when I was on that, yes, I was losing weight, which is great, but I felt instead of feeling sluggish and dragging. And so you can't be on that stimulant for a long time because it's not good for you. And when I was going to get off, I was like, but I really don't want to lose this feeling of like actually functioning. And like caffeine a isn't enough to cut it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't really do caffeine. I don't do a lot of, I'm not coffee like Jenny so many is. problems with that statement. But yes. Okay. And so I was like, so what can I do? And I'm like talking to the doctor. I'm like, what can I do? And they're like, you want to do ADHD meds? And I was like, what are my options? Hit me with my options. And that's here. a stimulant. It <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> but then Jenny was like, because I prefer to do natural first over prescription. And yeah. she was just like, oh, yeah, there's a strain. Educate uh, us. Yeah. So you're asking for me to have a marijuana conversation right now. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's two different things? And yeah, I didn't know that. As a hemp farmer in North Carolina, I don't know anything about See, I totally didn't know that it was two different (laughs) things. I totally thought you were about to be like, one of my products can do that. See, I didn't know. Yeah, so. It's it's an educational thing, yeah. There's a difference between hemp and cannabis. I don't know. 
I really do. I'm, I don't know any of these, the things I'm about to tell you, I don't know them. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. I'll change your voice in the edit. It'll <laughs> Thank be... you. <laughs> yeah. like one of those robot the, voices. Right, the <laughs> robot voice that has like wah, the person wah. in the dark, so they don't want to be on camera for the interview. So yeah, the, in general, right, what would we know, if we were to know anything about marijuana, which we don't, there are two families of strains of marijuana. And one is sativa, which is what Jenny referred to. But she doesn't know anything about it either. Mm-hmm. It's legal. And uh, and then indica. But I've which, had it in places where it is legal, so I have not violated right. the I've been in Colorado. Exactly. Yes. I've been and in, all the other many, many, many states where it is legal now, including Virginia. And that's where I learned about it. When yeah. I was in Colorado at the store where they explained all the things. So sativa is is a strain of marijuana that is more uplifting generally in indica is a strain of marijuana mm-hmm. that is more sedating, generally speaking. That's super general. Mm-hmm. And that's related more to the full chemical makeup of the plant, not one compound in isolation. Okay. So an indica strain or a sativa strain is going to have all the different cannabinoids that we're familiar with, CBD being one of them, THC being another one, delta-8 THC, delta-9 THC. Mm-hmm. There's 80-plus compounds. I'm not going to list them all for you. But then you add in terpenes, which affect how it smells and how it tastes and all those things. That combined entourage is what ultimately creates the um, feeling of uplifting or sedating. And so in general, with plants that we grow for CBD, the focus is just a high CBD content. And so there are particular strains that are really focused on just producing lots of CBD. And that's what I grow. And so mm-hmm. my products are really very consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. They're going to do a lot of good things for your body, but it's not going to necessarily be uplifting or sedating. Mm-hmm. It, it's just in the middle and moderate. We don't necessarily cultivate a strain for that purpose. Gotcha. When it's just industrial hemp, which is what's legal. And that's what we're talking about. I got you. Yeah. I <laughs> So I will say... I apologize if I put you in an awkward situation. I had no idea that those are two different things. Not awkward for me at all. Just you may have to post my bail or something. And the thing is, like, and then we we can go into the, like, and this is where Janie was trying to avoid going into some of the science. Do you, you know, the difference between, like, full spectrum and the difference between the broad spectrum spectrum and the uh, full spectrum? And what does it mean to have this this amount versus that amount Mm -hmm. of? Because essentially what I got from that question, from your answer to my question was, if I want that, then I have to get it with the THC in it. But I don't want that. Yeah. So I don't know why not. I, we've had this conversation because before I'm a too. scaredy cat, good little girl who's never done anything. We're so gonna, we're going to correct that soon I, in her future. I'm just saying. I will say that Delta Eight THC is is an isolate. Again, we're talking about a, a lab that's isolating one compound. Right? We don't have that entourage thing going on. But that is legal in North Carolina. Delta Eight THC is nor, is legal in North Carolina. If you want to legally, so you don't have to feel like a bad girl. Although Nancy Reagan probably would still say you're bad. You can give that a, a shot and see how your body responds to it. The one thing I will say, and I think Jenny will co-sign this, is that every body, literally every person's body, is going to respond mm-hmm. to cannabis in its own way. And that's one of the, the ways I explain to people when they come to me and say, isn't this just modern-day snake oil? Because I, I tried this and it didn't work. Again. Right. I tried all the things and mm-hmm. none of them fucking worked. And yeah. I couldn't, and I was like, I gave up. I was like, fuck it. I'm not wasting any more money right. on stuff that. And usually what's happening is your body's using it for 
a purpose that you may not be paying attention to, or you may have a product off the shelf that literally doesn't have anything in it. Correct. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. Totally. Agreed. Because there's no regulation. Nobody's minding the store, literally. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that it is, that's one of my biggest takeaways from conversations with Janie over the, the course of the past year or so has been like, there's... That, that zero regulation. So it's like any, and there's so much gray area, right? Because, and we had this conversation at one of the markets with another CBD provider that she invites to her markets that has different products than she does. It's complimentary. And what's the, like how much of whatever can you have in it till it like reaches the point where it's no longer the gray area and you're going to get in trouble if you sell it. And mm-hmm. this, that, because we were talking specifically about some gummies that I had purchased and, and uh, the Delta nine gummies. And, um, But it was, and it was a very, you have to know all of your stuff to know how to avoid getting in trouble so that you can continue to educate and advocate. If your goal is to make this more of a... If it's about you and not about the customer. Exactly. If you're going to make it more about the customer and your goal is to serve and to to bring relief. And some of the, the testimonials that... I've read over the course of time and and you have people that are like similar to me, like this doesn't do anything for me. And then people who like have tried at the, she has a salve that's like, it's called pain be gone. And one of the testimonials was like, it was honestly too long for me to put in a piece of content for her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) her Like it was, it's one of those testimonials, three paragraphs long, right? Like you would never put it anywhere. But the guy was like, I started crying because my pain was gone. Mm -hmm. And, and he had tried other products. And so it is, it's about what Sarah was saying, going forth and again, take away, tr- keep trying, even when it seems like nothing is working. Do you never know, do your research. On and, what you're trying. And don't just research in an echo chamber, y'all. Look at where the research is coming from. Well, and honestly, it's what I have an issue with the coaching industry. Oh yeah. Oh. There is no regulation in the coaching no. industry. And there can be some shitty ass coaches, mm-hmm. like shitty coaches who are actually doing harm. Yep. Like that their coaching is doing harm. I don't think they're intentionally doing harm. I think maybe their intention is good. It's just they are not equipped. And like you wondered, did somebody just say to them, hey, you're good at this. You should try being a coach. Correct. And you're like, correct. Or they read a couple of self-help books and, yeah. or, and went to therapy a few times. Like, and so anything to me that is not, anything that's not regulated can be dangerous. And yep. you, it requires then the consumer to do a high level to do of their due, due diligence. diligence. Yep. Yes. And yes. so that they find a brand that is actually for anything that's unregulated, whether that any industry, whether mm-hmm. that's coaching, whether that's CBD, whether it's mm-hmm. vitamins, whether I would uh, say though, even when it is regulated, think about all the things that our government has regulated that then we found out true. Well, oh, like by food. the way, true. You <laughs> like, shouldn't be having this in, in your body, true. you know? True. And so, <laughs> so I, so my feeling really is, and this is, I think COVID has allowed us to reflect on some of these things. Okay, where does my food come from? Mm -hmm. And I see it in the grocery store and it's in a pretty little display, right? That makes it look like it's come from a farm. Well, it's come from a farm somewhere. Where? And how was it grown? Mm -hmm. And so I think more people are asking those questions, which is good. But the governmental oversight is only a, it's only going to take us so far, really. Mm -hmm. And so even if the industry was regulated, there are thresholds of toxins that are allowed. Mm -hmm. So when we look at brand X's test results and they don't share the amount, the micro particles of let's say lead that appear in a product. And all they say is passed P A S E D meaning we passed the government's threshold for what the government says is safe 
It doesn't mean there's zero right. heavy metals in that product. It just means that not enough that the government thinks we should be worried. So even with regulation, I say that let's know where our mm-hmm. stuff's coming from. Yeah. And have a higher standard maybe than the government. <laughs> and I think that's the other, yeah. It's, and y'all have heard me talk about this on the show before, right? Like when my dad was subscribing to the the alternative health newsletters and stuff in the 80s. And we shopped at the organic food co-ops when they were pop-ups in warehouses on Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. You know what I mean? Like that there wasn't a whole lot of products out there because the awareness of, or it was just a, a, a not even a, I don't want to say it wasn't malicious intent. It was just ignorance about. And then the more that people became educated and the more that these these topics started coming up and like, why are people getting sick? Oh, it's because of the fucking food that the government (laughs) it's okay to eat. And like what and all of like the sugar and the corn and all this and like Mm -hmm. talking about the food pyramid in and of itself is a farce. But there's when you start uncovering some of that stuff and you learn and then you're either somebody who's going to be like, you know what? It doesn't really matter that much to me and I'm okay with I'm okay with it. Or you're going to be somebody who's empowered to to change your ways and spread the word and say, hey, maybe another way isn't the worst idea ever right. that I've ever thought of. And I think that the next natural kind of cyclical thing that's happening is going to be the CBD, the, the cannabis, all of that. I, I learned something interesting actually uh, a few months ago that the amount that the cannabis production and growth in the U.S. accounts for 1% of the energy consumption in the country because of the states that have made it to grow cannabis as well as hemp have such strict regulations on how it's grown and because it's a, a mismatch of the states where it really needs to be legal where it would grow naturally, i.e. places it doesn't get cold for nine months of the year, those places have to have giant warehouses and then the security that has to go on that and all even places like California where it could grow on farms, they're still growing it in buildings because of all the security measures that need to go into place to to have all can we just make it legal and just make it <laughs> can we just Well and the like, irony is that stop the, because now we're we did. we're going into the like when you're talking about pollution and energy consumption, right? Like the fact that this industry that's not even legal in all fifty states is consuming one percent of the energy for the entire country, like that's crazy. And the irony that's is, pants. we made it legal to grow industrial hemp in every state. The federal government said, "Yeah, you can grow industrial hemp anywhere you mm-hmm. want." The problem is, even in my greenhouse, in my little cute little greenhouse on the back of my family farm in the middle of Willow Springs, I had two different instances of theft. People walked into my greenhouse. Two different folks. Within two months of each other, walked into my greenhouse, looked right at the security camera in one case and gave me a little salute. Stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And because she assumed, this young woman, assumed that I was doing something nefarious on the back of my property. So she figured, oh, you're not going to call the cops because you're not doing something legal anyway. So she looked right at the security camera and did a little salute. And thanks to social media, I knew who she was and like, 3.2 3.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so we created a restitution plan. But in another case, there was a, just a gentleman who, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Just a gentleman who was, figured these were weed plants, threw a couple plants in the back of his Jeep and sped off. Now there's a great story of the Wake County Sheriff's Office who actually, like they tracked this guy down and arrested him. Oh. The dude had a, a, a sticker on the back of his Jeep uh, that was a little was bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff, it, 
this uh, sheriff's deputy was off duty and he's driving somewhere in Raleigh and he's like, I think that's the Jeep. That's and awesome. sure enough, <laughs> that is awesome. Like the sheriff's deputy in an unmarked car was behind the dude who stole my plants and he pulled him over and sure enough, that's who it was. But wow. like, what? and so they think it's weed. They think it's weed and so they steal it. And I so, so what happens when like they. Rolling it and smoking and being like, I'm so buzzed. Like, there's no, there's <laughs> I mean, nothing no, there. No, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. wrong plant. <laughs> so I, I literally had to spend money to have a sign printed that said, please don't steal my plants. They will not make you high, and I will prosecute. Things you never thought you'd say. Plants. <laughs> Please don't steal my plants. They won't get you high. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey there. This is Sarah Madras of Sarah Madras Coaching. The mission of Sarah Madras Coaching is to build brave leaders who create courageous cultures. At SMC, our team is committed to equipping leaders, businesses, organizations, and teams with the mindset and courage skills to have really complicated conversations that you need to have but have been avoiding. Ready to work with us at Sarah Madras Coaching? Then you can check out our free Facebook group at Brave Leaders Dare to Lead. You can hire us to come in and facilitate trainings and workshops within your organization, or you can do one-on-one coaching and leadership development with me over here at sarahmadras.com. Most business leaders won't get it, but I know you will if you learn to trust your team. Trust is money. I dare you to lead. It's like when we think about like sentences I never thought I'd say as a parent, right? That's one of the things, like sentences I never thought I'd say as an adult, period. Like, please don't steal my plans. They won't get you high. And I will prosecute. And it sounds silly (laughs) that you would prosecute. But let me tell you, when you have 100 plants, that's not that many. And literally, I'm picking the bugs off of those plants with my bare hands. Mm -hmm. So I practically know them. And they're all female because we don't have any boys. On the farm, it but accurate, yeah, except for Farm Joe. Farm Joe's um, honorary, but but all the plants are female actually because we just want them to flower. We right. don't want them to go to seed, and we talk to them about them like they're the ladies. Do you yeah. play like the, the ladies. ladies' night yeah. playlist? In the do you play we the do. music? We play music for them. We give them Reiki. My daughter, oh my is God, a Reiki master. That. She goes in there and yes. does Reiki on the plant. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I did not know yes. that is brand new information. I yes. love that so much. Please post a video of your daughter doing Reiki. Actually, on the plants. there's a picture on the back of the info card that has my daughter giving reiki to the plants oh my god i love that i love that yeah so i took it very personally no i want i want all my ladies you can't have two or three of them i know that's like that's just rude it's like someone coming in your house and taking oh i like this cup i'm just gonna take it that would be like like somebody coming in and taking one of my second ones right or Mm. oh i like this blanket is mine now Right. This is why I have these conversations about sharing with my children that they are not required to share because as an adult, it is it is a gross misrepresentation to say that you should be expected to share in all instances because if we go by that logic that we teach them in kindergarten that oh you have to share everything, then that guy would be justified and saying, "What's well, right. my turn? I'm going to take the plant." <laughs> It's my turn. You're rude. You're not sharing. No, that's not how any of this works. Yeah. And they wanted me to give a dollar value when this person was yeah. arrested. And I had to, and, and the judge actually assigned restitution, which I thought was cool. I, I felt a little guilty. Do I deserve all this? Like wheels of justice. I didn't really think I. Well, I, but I, she I would... did it on purpose and saluted the camera. Oh, Fuck no, but that's the, the guy though. <laughs> 
But it was hard to come up with a number because it sounded like But how much money could you make from that plant? And that's hard to say too, because I can't guarantee this plant's going to grow. And it was all those things, the the thoughts, but really it came down to the effort. Like I love that plant. Yes. The time spent. I play music for that plant and I watch that plant and every little leaf and it was exciting. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a whole different like level of involvement. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So like what, like what, (laughs) now we have to wrap up, but this, uh, this has been a fascinating conversation about plants and weed and not weed and people. And thievery. Yes. (laughs) Like what the fuck people. Don't steal JD's plants. Please please. don't Don't go to Healing Green Farms and go to the greenhouse and take her plants because she will prosecute and they will not get you high. Yeah. That's the title and the my feelings will be hurt, which yes. is well, that too. not cool. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, you can't come back. I can't from come that. back. Yeah. So tell us where, and we didn't even talk about the markets. Janie does have markets twice a month on her, on at the farm. Uh, and you can go see you have her. one this weekend. Just had one last night, actually. Mm-hmm. But And if you're really sad that you missed it, which you should be, because we had baby goats and chicks and, chicks. and mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo deliciousness. Mm-hmm. We hold the markets. We have night markets on the first Thursday of each month. And the third Saturday is a daytime market from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And at our night markets, we offer adult beverages. Mm-hmm. And, and then the daytime markets are geared more toward family time, but fresh produce at both really good local vendors. The objective is really just let other local businesses get out there and sell their stuff and get some exposure to the community and just a good time. So it's fun. It's good. It's good to be at the farm. It's good to be outside. And we, we enjoy having the local folks come by. And she grows more than just uh, hemp on the farm as well. There are, what else? There's roses. Yeah, so we just installed 300 rose bushes, 31 different varieties, and uh, we're super excited about that. In fact, we just had our first commercial customer yesterday. She came and bought some buds from us for corsages and boutonnieres because it's prom season. That's cool. Yeah, we got to go down to the garden, and even though the the roses are, we just planted them in January, but, and so they're tiny little baby roses, but they're blooming, and so it was really exciting to walk through, and she got to pick out the buds that she wanted me to cut for her. And, and so that was awesome. But we also have a 30 year old blueberry patch that I discovered a year and a half ago and realized, wow, there's a lot of blueberries here (laughs) and um, like not one or two bushes. And we may not have time for this story, but it, it, you can cut it out if not. It's a good one. So I called a blueberry farmer and said, Hey, could you come up and look at this? Cause I don't know what, I don't know what I've got here. So a blueberry farmer from Fayetteville drove up just to be nice, farmers are like that. They mm-hmm. just we just help each other. And he's walking through the blueberries that are covered in Virginia creeper and thorny greenbrier and most importantly poison ivy. And so he's walking through where we could walk because most of it was so thick with mm-hmm. vegetation. You could see the blueberries underneath all of that stuff. And he says, What are you doing here? And I said, I, I don't know. I really don't. I just I saw the blueberries. I don't know what I've got, but tell me. I don't know what kind of magical blueberry vortex that you have here, but <laughs> um, your blueberries are under all this tree cover. And it was just, they were 30-year-old volunteer trees that, you know, from birds dropping right. seeds. And so he said, yeah, you, blueberries aren't supposed to be growing like this under tree cover and shade and all this. So it's probably worth like trying it out, we'll clear all this stuff and see. And I said, that's a huge investment. I don't, how much are we talking here? He goes, 50 pounds or so, 50 pounds of blueberries. And I'm like, what does that mean? $5 a pound? Like, I'm not loving that idea. And he goes, 
50 pounds per bush. Oh, and I said, that puts things in a different right. perspective. He's like, you've probably got 100 viable bushes here. Wow. Okay. I think we'll be excavating the blueberries. Mm -hmm. So for a year, we've been working on that. And so it's really exciting now to have them uncovered and they're just full. They're literally falling over. The the branches are so heavy. And then next year, we're hoping to have it clear enough for pick your own. So this year we'll be picking, but next year, everybody else will get to come. That's so cool. Tell me the name one more time because I'm trying to find you on social. Healing Green Farms. On Facebook, it's HG Farms NC. Because of some issues with <laughs> with the industry. Yeah. So it. Fa- it. Facebook was scared straight by Nancy Reagan, too, apparently. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and that was one of the first, like, when, when Jane, she's like, how do I get my Facebook to start allowing me to use it for business again? And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying. And it was like some, like, deep dives into the world of Facebook and, and business accounts and ads and all those things. And I was like, let's just start by changing the tag for it and see it. what happens. And your fiancé is handsome. Oh, he's a hottie, yeah. I know. He yeah. is. Back off, girl. Back off. I just saw the <laughs> profile picture, and I was like, get yourself right. Oh, Congratulations. Thank mm-hmm. you. But, yeah, so, Janie, thank you for sharing your origin story of Thank Healing you. Green Farm. Yeah, this is fun. And um, so now we know that Facebook is HG Farms NC. And mm-hmm. then there's also the Highway 42 Market. You can follow that oh, wait, page follow as well. That too. Um, okay, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. The schedule's a little wonky, so it's a good idea to, to follow us. And that way you'll know yeah. exactly when it's happening. If it rains, happening. that might be rescheduled, which has already happened a couple times this year. So just FYI. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All right. And, and Janie is also, you're at Dirtbag Ales. In yeah, in, in Hope Mills, which is a little bit further uh, south, but that's a, a great venue. I love Dirtbag Ales. They're, they do a farmer's market on Sundays from 10 to 2. We're also the Fuquay Verena Growers Market every Saturday. Uh, you, you can meet Farm Joe at both of those places, yes. and he's a Farm cool Joe guy. is, like, super cool. Like, yeah. he, like not super to tell chill. him that he's hot. No, different Joe. No, oh, okay. this Her is what I'm saying. Is Joe. She oh, collects Joe's like I collect Sarah's okay. and Scott's. Okay, yes. I got it now. So Farm Joe is like really chill and laid back. And cool. He's a great addition to the team. That's and he's awesome. very interested in hydroponics and terror. What was the, what's the, Terra something? Terraforma something? I don't know. He told you to tell he, me. I don't remember. He's just, he's one of those guys that has so many cool interests and mm-hmm. he Literally, he showed up on my side porch at the farmhouse one day wearing a, a delivery uniform. I won't use the company name. And he just says, hi, my name is Joe, and I don't really know what you're doing out here, but I'd like to be a part of it. That's amazing. And I said, are you looking for a job? No, I just want to come to the farm and volunteer. Do you need any help with anything? And I'm like, and I thought I was being punked, right. literally. <laughs> and and so I said, well, tell me about your background. He's like, I, I design greenhouses and... What? Hydroponics and uh, he came from marketing and advertising. It's too, like freaking like, the angels. Oh, the you're like, here, I'm going to literally mm-hmm. deliver this on your doorstep. I can't yeah. even. It was really. How do I manifest crazy. that? Well, just you have to meet. Up. Yeah, just meet doorstep. Farm Joe and see if he can transfer some of that energy. Yeah, and then yeah, it, it was. The, it's the coolest story ever. Yeah, and we also had we had a visit from a retired developer about two weeks prior, and this is really true. This guy's walking around and he's, I just want you to sit with Mother Earth. This is a real estate developer talking right now, 70-year-old wannabe hippie. And I just want you to sit with Mother Earth and ask Mother Earth what she wants you to do with this property because you are going to be approached by asshole developers Mm -hmm. just like me who are going (laughs) to offer you big money and you're going to need to know what you want to do. 
so that you can say no. And then he said, and then I want you to stop spending money out here because you don't need to spend money. And I'm like, I can't do this by myself. I, no, no, no. People need to be here. <laughs> People. He's like, just stop being resistant to volunteers. You're resistant. And I said, I, I believe in reciprocity and paying people for what they do. And he's like, no, being here is the reciprocity. And I'm mm. like, oh, okay. Yes, sir. I will. Wow. Right. And two weeks later, Farm Joe is on my porch. Mm. And so I introduce him to the rest of the folks that are helping me. And my farm manager, Amanda, who is really should have her on the show. She's mm. amazing. She's listening to Farm Joe and she's looking at me like, oh my God. This is exactly what the developer is You've got to leave yeah. this story in, Joe. I, that's just my, like, that's my favorite story. I'm yeah. Like, wow. Joe. Mm -hmm. I love stories like that. Yeah. Because if that's not evidence that the universe has your back. That's right. I don't know what is. I know. And he had his little dog in the car. And so he hops Ringo out of the car and we start walking on the property. He's like, oh, you could do this and you could do that. And I just want to come help you. I don't, seriously. Mm -hmm. And so that has wow. turned into where I actually am paying him for his help, but. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool guy. That's Farm Joe. That's, That's Farm Joe. I'm showing Sarah a picture. Yeah. You can go to healinggreenfarms.com and see wow. Farm Joe for yourself. Thank um, you for that gift. And there's yeah, Amanda. you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Where does Amanda get the eggs from? Because when I met her, she walked up showing, <laughs> she was like carrying oh, eggs. we have eggs at the farm. And then she, and so she has some hens at her house that Okay, she, that makes more sense now that she went to go freshen up and came back with eggs. Yeah, because she grabs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really like, green well, farms eggs. I'm very confused. I, love it. I can't wait to come out. <laughs> you need to. It's really fun. Uh, all right. So yeah. So we'll link all of Janie's locations on the when we promote the episode. But also uh, you can just go to healinggreenfarms.com and find out all the things. So thank you, Janie, so much for being here Thanks. and check out the Highway 42 Market first Thursday, third Saturday, and that info will also be on the website for more details. And anything else you would like to say? Just come check us out. And don't forget blueberries in July, because that's going to be some really good organic blueberries for sale. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. My son will be there buying probably one bush worth of blueberries. So <laughs> just pounds. FYI. Okay. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do you, boo. boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.